welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, sometimes V, doing another uh, interview today with um, some some very talented, uh, or even not even some, just one talented <laughs> nerdcore artist today. Uh, he goes by Oh My, and he's from Seattle, Washington. Uh, so what's up? How are you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. It's, it's been a, it's, it's been a busy day. Busy. Yeah, I'm sure. And you were telling me that you had to have two naps today just to make sure that you're functioning pretty well. Yeah, I took one around around lunchtime ish, and then I just took one right before this because, you know, got to keep that brain going. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so I first heard about you. Um, actually, you were kind of just lurking within the Twitter universe. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would see you comment on like some of the other folks, such as like I right now I follow people like Shabzilla and uh, Megaran. <laughs> and uh, Grayson, uh, to name a few, and I would just see you kind of lurking. But what really caught my attention, honestly, is that you are, I, I noticed that you're a nerdcore artist and you're also um, a hip hop artist, but I noticed that you do something that's very unique to the hip hop world, which is uh, you do information security. Yeah. So there's, there's only a few of us out there. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of black guys who do, uh, who do cybersecurity out there. So um how did how did you fall into that like what's your backstory with that you mean getting into like information security yeah yeah oh so that that's uh <laughs> that came after music right so um a couple years ago uh, so i was in the navy uh and in like 2013 i was gonna get out and i was like let me go let me go to college let me go do things let me go get that college experience and then uh somebody was like well, there's this, this other job out there you can try that's like all cybersecurity focused. I was like, I guess it would be good, a good thing to do since like I, I don't know how I'm going to do in college and I might as well get like this extra experience first before I go off and like party every night or something. And, uh, and I was like, all right, cool. So I, I was looking forward to it too. So I changed my job and that was like 2014 that I went to, I got the, all that, got all that training, went to school, Navy school, not like school, school. And then, uh, and from there, it was just like, yeah, here I am. And then I got out of uh, the Navy like two years ago, it was in 2018. Mm. And then, uh, Oh, that's pretty recent. Got a job. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I grew up in an area where there's like a Naval postgraduate school, um, and a really big uh, language base called uh, Defense Language Institute. So, yeah. like, I would see a lot of, um, I would see a lot of enlisted just hang around. I, I grew up in Monterey, but like, I'd see a bunch of enlisted just run around in their, in their uh, uniforms, and and it's like, oh, m military looks nice. And then I thought about it, and I was like, uh, probably not for me. <laughs> but no, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, I, I, if you don't mind me like probing a little bit, so did they just like say like, oh, hey, try cybersecurity or try information security, and you just kind of like dove right in. Uh, what was the incentive there? So uh, the way it works is that like you have to, like when you first join uh, any military branch, you got to take the test, right? The ASVAB or whatever. Yeah, if yeah. You, take, like, you get a certain score. And I, I'm pretty sure that this job was open when I first like got into the Navy. But I was like, I don't know if I can do that because I, <laughs> I, was, I was 18 and I was like, I don't know. Probably, 
not smart enough for it. And then, uh, (laughs) right. And then, um, I was like, well, I'll just give it a shot anyway, because this is like, even if I do well, um, I'll be better off later. And if I don't do well, then I can just find something else to do, I guess, in the Navy. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But, um, yeah, it's basically, so you, you do your, like your, your A school training, which is like how you get qualified in that job. Mm-hmm. And I kind of flew through A school. It, it wasn't, I didn't find it that hard. Like, I think I finished like third in the class and that, and that's like, a, it's supposed to be like one of the, the Navy's hardest schools. Right. Yeah. And, um, but it, there's also like army, air force and Marines there too. So right. it's, a, it's a joint school thing. And like, we were all met, met some new people, there were some new friends in different branches and like, I, we just all had a lot of fun in that class. So, uh, and then they were like, here's your cyber job. I'm like, cool. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I feel like, um, just kind of cybersecurity around that era. It wasn't, it's not super popular or it's kind of like one of those hidden gems within the job world. Um, I actually learned about it. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not, my career path isn't in cybersecurity or information security, but um, I heard about it through my, my current boyfriend, who is a cybersecurity um, professional. And I'm like, what's that? Just hacking? And I, you know, the meme is like, you just hunched over your computer and then there's a bunch of like green, green letters, like green code, just like, like coming down on your computer screen, like a waterfall. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I get it. You, you listen to a bunch of alternative, like goth music and you just hack all day. (laughs) Like that's what it is. But I mean, aside from that, like kind of looking more into it, it it looks like a very, like, it's a job that it's under development all the time. So you have to learn something all the time to make sure that you're kind of either testing or exploiting the right sites, correct? Depends who you ask. So like cybersecurity is is a very like huge field, right? It's not just hacking things all the time. (laughs) Right. There's like forensics, there's the boring, in my opinion, boring like policy management type stuff, right? making mm-hmm. all the rules and all that stuff. That's all cybersecurity. So uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not always like the cool job. And even then, even hacking is, is like, it's great while you're doing it. And then you have to write reports. So like people, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not the job that people make it out to be, <laughs> it's really not, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's a fun job. I think like you don't have to, it, it's better if you, if you have that ability to keep up with all like the newest of technologies and trends, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really, a requirement and that's really just based on what your job actually is or like if you want to develop new skills then like learn that stuff to develop your new skills so that you can go somewhere else later mm-hmm. but a lot of people base uh in cybersecurity will base like what they do on or whatever their interests are so uh the cloud security wireless whatever mm-hmm. on in when networks and enterprise networks and all that stuff so you just kind of do whatever interests you and then get better at it Okay. No, that makes sense. So um, I've also heard these other terms called like white hat or black hat or gray hat. Um, What do those exactly mean? Just for those listening. And in the hacking world, right? uh, You have (laughs) uh, um, white hat where, you know, people like me, like you you get paid to to do like assessments and hack things, right? People pay you, follow the rules, all this policy, you know, you're legally contracted, whatever, uh, or it's in your job title. And then you have like, uh, the gray hats who are, are sort of, they, they may like hack something, not with the intent of being bad, but 
they want some profit out of it. Like, so for example, um, you might find somebody who says, says something like, I just, you know, hack your server. You should, you should probably fix this. Also, are you going to pay me? Right. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know? It's like a street um, trick. It's like, Hey, look what I found. Are you going to pay me now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right. Um, like the, the intent isn't to be like malicious, um, mm-hmm. but it's then it's to either, you know, build your own skills sometimes, or if you just want to like sort of just sometimes just be a dick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> You can do that too. So, um, and then you have like the black hats who, who who do things just strictly to be bad people. Okay. So there's like personality types here. Yeah. Like yeah, lawful, neutral, chaotic. Exactly. White hat, exactly. gray hat, black hat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's funny. Um, okay. Well, I didn't mean to talk more about like information security over your rap career here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's pretty awesome stuff. Um, so looking around, um, recently I saw that you did the, uh, Ghost and Ghouls, um, for, uh, you, you kind of did a quick cameo in Splatterhouse 2. Um, what was that experience like for you to get on a, get on an album with Kadesh, Richie and, uh, Richie Branson and, uh, and Megaran? So, uh, I mean, Kadesh and I have been doing shows together for for a couple of years now so uh it's you know it's it's whatever like uh, getting an email from from mega ran is always like a good thing yeah it's like yeah. like hey he's thinking about you cool um and so that's what it was it was it was pretty uh it was put together pretty quick it was more like hey uh do you want to do a verse okay sure i got you um no that's it <laughs> so, um uh, richie richie and i like we all have like a uh, like a little chat you know we all hang out and and text each other, whatever. Um, I, I, I can't say I've done any songs with Richie on it. Um, I can't think of one, but, uh, like, I mean, we, we talk every now and then. So like, it's not, it's nothing for like us is just, Hey, you want to do a verse? You want to, you know, you got any beats or whatever or something, you know, something like in that, in that vein. <laughs> it's always uh, casual. Yeah. Yeah. We're all friends. So <laughs> It's not really like a huge deal, but the the project was pretty dope, and I'm I got to listen to the entire thing yesterday with everybody else, and it was really good. So like I'm I'm glad I got to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, I um I listened to it twice already. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought like okay, Megaran's doing some cheesy album again. Let's let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, like he does cheese really well, uh, but. I was like, okay, what is this? It's close to Halloween. Let me listen. There's a lot of names on here. I gotta listen. And um, I started listening, and I I first the I first heard their featured song, which is uh, "You Look Sus," mm-hmm. and I was dying. I was laughing because like I was playing Among Us for a couple of weeks, and uh, I played with two groups. I played with a really funny like everyone's giving each other shit group, and then I played with a really serious group where people were actually getting offended that that someone was uh caught or like and i'm like usually when those things happen like i always like we we have a discord and so i'm always putting in a bunch of jokes so that way it loosens it up but um when i was listening to how how ran is kind of outlining this whole storytelling and then richie comes in and then kadesh is like but it's ran like why did you guys (laughs) blame ran it it was too effing funny so like i i was ugly laughing to myself during the whole thing um but going into the other songs like it 
it was very fun to listen to. Like there was a lot of references of a lot of um, horror films and a lot of horror stories. Um, like they mentioned, uh, I think they had Penny the Great as Pennywise. Yeah. Um, and and the cipher, Pen- I think. Oh, yeah, no. it was during the horse the cipher. cipher. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, it was just very well crafted. I think it was just beautifully done. And like some of the verses in there got really serious in a couple of the songs. So I applaud everybody who's part of that album and I'm always screaming and like and like celebrating by myself when I'm listening to these things like when I saw when I saw your name I'm like yay and then I saw Shubzilla I'm like hell yeah (laughs) Yeah. so I'm just getting loud and excited so no I applaud you man like that was awesome appreciate that it was it was uh I mean just throw a couple bars here and there right uh but I I think like so nerdcore history is that they there used to be like a uh, a Halloween album every year mm-hmm. and um, it sort of fell off earlier in the decade and um, it's it's nice to see that people are still doing stuff like this because I remember Ghouls and, uh, Ghouls uh, G&G3 <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah, remember yeah. Say it. Um, G&G3 and I was like yo this is so dope I like I wish that people were just doing this all the time and then <laughs> and then he asked me to be on it and I was like yeah thanks <laughs> thanks you saw me yeah <laughs> I'm in good regards. No, I'm I'm joking, yeah. but no, that's no, it's super awesome. This was actually my first uh, G and G album that I'm listening that I've listened to, so I'm excited. Definitely to... go back and listen to the other ones for sure. Yes, yes, exactly that. What was your um while you were kind of crafting the your verse? So what was the main inspiration um while you were either writing or thinking it out? Um, I wanted to rhyme with hemoglobin. I don't know why. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I based that entire verse rapping like. In, in that scheme, just based on the word hemoglobin. So I was like, that's, a, that's I don't think anyone else is going to use that. So <laughs> bless you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, no one's going to say that. Let me use a, a word that, you know, that's blood like or relating to blood and then just made the whole verse around that. No, it was, it's... it, it was awesome, dude. Like I, I was like listening for you. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh my, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so let's talk about, um, oh yeah, you mentioned something about uh, just nerdcore history. There's always been a Halloween album. So how long have you actually been been kind of doing your hip hop uh, your hip hop run? Because I saw the earliest album that you had on Bandcamp was in 2013. So how long has been, what, what struck you to start rapping? So uh, there's a longer history than that, but um, <laughs> I would say, I would say like my, my first show that I ever did was in 2012, right? Okay. And that was when I put that was when I put up put on my first project that you can't find anymore, hopefully, because I I did <laughs> remove that uh, as much as I possibly could. Um, but I would say, like before that, like I've I've been rapping since like middle school, so um, I was really bad at it. We used to try like freestyle, you know, beat you know make beats on the on the lunch tables and all that stuff, right? With pencils and all that, back in the back in the day, and, and uh. <laughs> And like we used to, you know, rap like that, and we would like battle each other. And then when I got to high school, uh, I used to like cut lunch or cut classes to go to lunch and go like to like the battle table, right? And <laughs> and do that. And then um, when I got out and I joined the Navy, I was like, let me just rap about like the stuff that I'm working on because <laughs> I don't. I was like, I'm gonna learn stuff, so uh, it'll be easier for me to learn if I like make it musical. So that, that was like 2007, 2008, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
I was like, all right, let me actually start doing this nerdcore stuff. And that was around 2010. So I've been around for, for a little while and I think most people probably realize. Yeah, no, I feel like things usually manifest in different time frames for everybody, right? And I feel like middle school is the time to to fool around and like have fun with it. And then you realize like, oh, look at all this power I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember seeing, uh, man, so the, my first introduction was like, um, I don't remember what I was looking for, but I was on like LimeWire or something like that. Oh, I yeah. came across a Lars song. I was like, MC Lars. It was called Download the Song. So I was like, okay. And <laughs> sketch. <laughs> I was like, let me download this song real quick. And then I think that same year, uh, Front a Lot, because I'm from Brooklyn. So, like, um, ah, okay. And so Front a Lot was doing a, a, a show at a convention at the Jacob Javits Center, which is like a huge convention center in New York. Mm-hmm. And my, one of my friends, we, we heard some of his music and we were like, let's go, let's go see him. Right. I told him, I told him the story, right. This is like back in 2005, 2006. So like, <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm old. Right. But, um, <laughs> so it was like around that time when I was like, yo, like there's a lot of stuff going on here. Like I, it was the same time, right. First, uh, introduction to Megaran and seeing the black material album, like most people. And, uh, and like all this was happening at the same time, and I was like, "This this sounds like the, the group that I want to be a part of." And then I grew up, and now here I am. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how like things kind of tie in, and then you come right back to it. Um, yeah. yeah, I I met Megaran not knowing who he was, <laughs> and he did a Schmurda beat, uh, or he did a he took the Bobby Schmurda song, like the popular uh, song that he had, and then. Um, mm-hmm. He did his uh his little like item freestyle so people put a little item in the air and yeah um and he did the beat and then i was like screaming like bobby smurda and then he goes who because <laughs> <Said laughs> it's a crowd of like but like it's he knows what, yeah. what it is he's like it was a crowd of white guys and <laughs> i was like the only like very few black girls or black people in the crowd and then he goes oh bless someone's here diamonds <laughs> probably yeah it probably caught him off guard i'm sure yeah but like that, yeah his, his freestyles are dope man oh wow i wish i could do that yeah black material is really good um but yeah like that's it's really crazy how like now there's like there's the mount rushmore of like nerdcore artists which what magarian kind of calls it and now there's like a bunch of us who saw saw these guys as kids and um now we're growing up don't get me wrong i'm not a art i'm not i'm not a rap artist but it, I paid attention to it, and now that we're all older and now we're, we're adults, we're kind of manifesting in this world ourselves. So it's it's thanks to them, but also we don't want to insult them by saying you're old now. Get off the stage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Th- th- there's always going to be you know Lars Front and, and Rand who are like leading everything. From I mean they they still do right. They still help uh, other artists on on tours. I think Front a lot runs like the the South by show now. So like. They're, they're still around and I don't think they're going anywhere, going away anytime soon because everybody they, has so much respect for them. Yeah. And they had to really push um, back in their day, like to make this a thing, like rapping yeah. about music games, comic books and keeping it clean and friendly and fun or and goofy. Like that was something that most people who are in hip hop were like, this is, this is cheese. This is whack. Like, yeah. and now it's, it's turning into something that everyone is actually starting to appreciate and love and the community is so tight. Like 
everyone almost knows everybody on like a really friendly scale. It's uh yeah, <laughs> for the most part, at least now anyway. Uh, there hasn't been much drama happening this year, but thankfully. But uh, I I would say, I I would also say that like the the there is like there are multiple sides of nerdcore, right? And I think the YouTube community is doing pretty well in that regard. The mm-hmm. the older community really hasn't, and so it's refreshing to see that like all these people are are actually like supporting each other and and you know hyping each other up. So that's that's a if anything good came out of this year, uh, it'd be that. Yeah, the the sense of uh, being like the relationships are really important, um, and making sure that we're hyping up each other up. And uh, I can't remember what that word is called. It's a uh, pun, whatever. But like Comra- you said, camaraderie. Thank yeah, you. you I don't know why it was escaping my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Return of Ohm where you have um that that was a really good album i actually like listened to it all week and it's been it's really really good um i think i think honestly between you and me i think the most important song out of your whole career whether someone fights me on this is stink (laughs) (laughs) that's not what i thought you were gonna say but yeah very important you Very don't understand important. how many times I've had to tell people to wear deodorant or go take a shower or like yeah, it's so it's, relevant it's, in like conventions. Like it's so important. I want that to be your anthem for the rest of your life, even though you might be like, no, I grown out of that. <laughs> be like no, 20 years I, later. <laughs> I've become very straightforward with people who, who don't take showers at conventions. And so if I, if I come across you and you have not showered and you are out in public, I will, we will have words. You won't like them. And I might just you know, be like the loud black person at the convention for a second, but I'm going to say them. <laughs> They're going to be said. Yeah, it's true. I, I've done plenty of fanimes and magwesses and uh, there's a smaller convention in Fremont, California called uh, KenyobiCon. And that one doesn't get as packed. Um, I mean, in this climate, nothing can get packed anymore. But <laughs> Um, but yeah, like there's been a couple of times where like I see these like nicely dressed cosplayers and I'm like, oh, yay, like they look so good. And then some like, uh, unfortunately, I'm saying that some neckbeard walks by and I'm like, why did you show up? And sometimes I'll find that same person in a different space and like whether if I'm at the artist gallery or if I'm watching a show and they're right next to me, I'm like, please just you had to eat those Cheetos before the show. Like, it's just something like that. Or, um, but yeah, like, I think it's really important to remind everybody of hygiene, um, especially these days. <laughs> Self-awareness. Like, when there was conventions in, in Florida, like, I would go take showers two times a day, right? It's, oh, it's humid what you there. gotta do. Yeah. Like, you, you, gotta, you gotta adjust for where, for where you're at and know your own body. Yeah, exactly. No, it's super important. Um, I know that's such a funny thing but like i want there to be a stink too <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I want there to be a stink too about like maybe about COVID and washing your hands and staying away from people like six feet almost like kind of the song that e40 released a while back ago didn't he i did not nah, didn't did he, did he do a, like this year yeah this year he he wrote a song called six feet oh i didn't know that there, there's like if you look on spotify <laughs> If you look on Spotify and you look up Six Feet, there's so many songs. Oh, there's sure. just a ridiculous amount of people who are just like, let's write a song called Six Feet Away. Well, I'm going to check that out. 
yeah, well, yeah. Make a note right here. It was it was perfect. Like E forty's been kind of dormant since like his prime in like mm -hmm. like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, or whatever. <laughs> and then like after that, he's like, okay, I I'm gonna cool it. And so like he's just been producing and keeping it low key. But then he comes out of the woodwork being like, okay, six feet. Hey guys, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> it's six feet. Like where you been? Like what? <laughs> been 60 miles in the middle of nowhere just ooh, like. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god um so can you explain to me what i i was i was looking at the, your description for exes in uh ram when you're single <laughs> yeah. there and i saw that it said my ex still occupies non-volatile memory in my heap of no shame in the game so what's the story behind that <laughs> So, um, I was talking to Whitey Cracker on Twitter. I, I don't remember the, the details of who said what, but, um, so I had a breakup last year and it was rough. And, uh, I think I, I posted, I might've posted something about it and Whitey Cracker responded and, and he gave that quote, uh, the one that I left on, on the, the song, um, on like the, the band camp page. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it'll be really dope to have like a song called X's and Ram. That's so I wrote it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, this this is this is a, a way to express uh thoughts and feelings. It may not be for everybody to understand, but <laughs> it's still at least somebody's gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. I I I kinda had the um the Ariana Grande meme with a bunch of like math equations around my head for yeah. a second. So <laughs> uh it took me a second. But no, that was that was a nice song, and then also song for free, which you have promoted for everybody to buy for what was it like a hundred dollars? Yeah, so download the song for free. It's for a hundred dollars on Bandcamp. Um, I'm not going to change that price ever. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there and see what happens. If I um I do plan on I do plan on putting out a project later, and I might have it on there as part of that project. But as far as that single goes, it's going to be up there for a hundred dollars. Oh, force people to listen to it, and then if they want to get it now. Um, they can download it now because <laughs> the song tells them how to do it. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, I can't wait till someone actually buys it and they go, "Oh man, you know, Omai's music. He's a, he's expensive." And someone goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> it's like, "Did you not see his Bandcamp?" Like, and everyone would be like, "Did you not listen to his song?" <laughs> right. And and that that happened a couple of times. Like people were were quick to judge it on like Twitter, and they were like. Well, why does it cost so much? And then they listen to it. They're like, oh, and I was like, yeah, like it's not meant for you to buy. Please don't buy it. And I tell people like, if they do buy it, I'm just gonna give them their money back. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm not, this is what, what I'm afraid of happening is like somebody who, who has like dyslexia or something, I don't know, some some reading cognition issue, thinking it costs like $10 instead of a hundred. Oh, no. And then like accidentally buying it. So I'm just gonna give people back their money. <laughs> I'm going to avoid, like, all of that. Oh, you're such a saint. You're definitely the lawful good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, also, I noticed a couple of other things, too. Like, you, you did a couple of panels recently, um, kind of circling back into your info security career, um, that you did a, I, I think it was black men and security or black men and cybersecurity that you did yeah. for that. So do you want to talk about that for a little bit? So the group behind that um, is blacks and cybersecurity and they're uh, a group run by, I think like some, some college 
some girls who are in college on the East Coast. I, I might be wrong. Um, but uh, they, they started this group and it was meant to be, I think it was meant to be um, for professionals to interact with like student college level students and, and help them get into the field and all that stuff and give training and, and resources and all that. And they've grown a lot, a lot, a lot, like worldwide a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I think this year with everything going on, there was a lot of realization in like in, in IT world that like people are underrepresented and and, yeah. and there's, there's all this other stuff going on so uh i think what people were trying to do this year a lot where it was was focused on uh highlighting more black professionals in cybersecurity, information technology whatever and being like they're here right like a couple <laughs> a couple weeks ago like the the wells fargo ceo was like there isn't enough black talent around and everyone's kind of like it's because you're not looking like, yeah, if you go open up a, a, a company in, in Atlanta, you're not going to say there's not enough black talent around. Yeah. It's everywhere. You're, you're just not, you know, making enough effort to find it. So um, that panel was just a bunch of us just talking about experiences and, and uh, giving people you know, recommendations, suggestions, advice kind of deal. I see. It was, yeah. they, they've done a couple of those and uh, they've all been pretty good quality. Yeah, that's something I, I get really stressed out about in, in the tech world in general um, is there's a very obvious demographic out here um, in the Bay Area. So mm-hmm. I, I'll talk from experience on my bubble. Like I, I don't do tech. I've mostly been in education and music for most of my career. Um, but I'm surrounded by, like, I joke around and I say Netflix is my next door neighbor. It's true. They're right down the street. I can walk to their facility and Roku is right next door. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I've been to the Facebook campus and I've it had customer service uh, experiences where I'm talking to tech parents or tech uh, young or tech, like, you know, young adults and not a lot of black people. Uh, and I mean, not a lot of United States, like, like, black people um, yeah you get a lot of the uh you get a lot of africans um particularly nigerians i, I don't know why there's a lot of nigerians <laughs> around um and as well as ethiopians um particularly here and in, in this area uh yeah and but but you're right there there aren't a lot of african-american people um there's a lot of it there's depending on who you ask um mm-hmm. there's a lot of of like controversy, I mean, that's not the right word, uh, about like how people people from you know outside the country get hired into tech companies because it's either cheaper for the company to do that labor, right? Right. Because they right, um generally speaking, like salaries outside the country are a lot lower. And so like the expectation for salary is lower mm-hmm. when they finally move move here or whatever mm-hmm. whatever visa or whatever. So like there's yeah, you're right. There, there's not a lot of African-American talent, but uh, hopefully you know, this year will change a lot of that. Yeah. I don't know why I just couldn't say African-American. I guess I've just been trying to say Black just to encompass the whole the whole uh, community. But um, yeah, like they're, like out here, it's the same. It's the same rumors and it's the same controversy about like, hey, it's cheaper to get to hire folks from out of the country. Um, but sometimes... I, I kind of self-reflect and I'm like, well, how much cheaper is it? Because 
that like sometimes I feel like they're the ones who have all the houses and they have all the the kind of the benefits of living out here in the Bay Area versus where someone who's grown up in California their whole life it's like I'm still living in a house with roommates and um I'm still trying to hustle for the lowest rent possible even though everything keeps skyrocketing up so (laughs) it's a scary thing um and I anytime I interact with anybody who's in one of those tech companies it's always um you know not enough black folks that's for sure um and I know there's places like Facebook where they have like a black committee um or they have an Islander committee or they have like some sort of a cultural committee to show like we are diverse like blacks for Facebook or <laughs> which sounds a little weird to say but yeah. that's what it is. Um, or, <laughs> or you know like there's all these uh, organizations now where they're emphasizing um you know black people in tech or black people who code and and it's great but I, I still need to see more more representation in the actual career field. I don't want anybody LARPing the, the craft. And then they're saying, oh, just kidding. We just said that to say that we're, we're for diversity, but we're not going to get you a job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, at least like at Microsoft, we've, we've had a lot of conversation about that because you can, you can make all these policies and, and say you're going to do something in reaction to, you know, events of, of and whatever and, and but until you start actually doing the things that matter right, mm-hmm. it, it's all just words so yeah. uh, a lot of the companies are, are trying to or at least some companies are, are appearing to try to <laughs> like actually make the effort uh, i'm not going to say any names but right, um right. but yeah uh, there are companies uh, who are actively trying to make that that effort and you can tell who they are based on their responses. Yeah, no, I agree. It's more than just affirmative action. There needs to be more, more on the fact of like, okay, cool. We have black folk in our company. Yay. Now what? Because there's also the, the, the dynamic of how, how do we culturally support them without making them feel outed or making, or, you know, them facing like internalized biases within the work culture Um, or, like, do they have a voice, you know, because there's plenty of folk who get who get hired, but do they really have a voice in the workplace after they've been hired? Or are you going to give them their day off for Juneteenth? You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, man, like that. oh, that that was that was interesting <laughs> this year. Like, I didn't see that coming at all. But the yeah. way like everyone responded to like Juneteenth, what's that? Never heard of that before. And I was like, wow, that, like, I, it's not like, like something I celebrated like growing up, but but like I knew about it and I knew, I knew people who did. And it was just so interesting to see like a whole industry go, what? <laughs> like, like <laughs> what is this? You just make this up, it doesn't sound like a real holiday, right? So it was, it was yeah, it was, yeah, that, that was wild. Yeah. No, a lot I, of good came out of it. It's one of those things that, you know, tech companies just need to do better without, like, without all the obstacles that they're now facing because they, they can't hide in the dark anymore. Like, they're out there. Yeah. They're very out there and they're very obvious. And there's been a couple of times where a few of them have shown their asses. So it's yeah. time to uh, pull up your pants <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, do you have any upcoming projects? that you would like to talk about before we go into any other closing segments of today's interview. So I have, I have one that I, I'm slowly working on and I have been working on, like 
my motivation <laughs> for getting this project done was so that I could perform at DEF CON this year. And then when DEF CON didn't happen, I was kind of like, ah, well, I'll get it done eventually. And uh, so that project is uh, called Hacking While Black. And mm -hmm. it's basically what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there'll still, still be some fun songs. I like to address, I usually don't like doing serious songs because it's not me. Like, I may do one every couple of years. But uh, I like, like, I think the way I'm approaching this is, is that I, I want to do fun songs that are, that address serious content, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's what this project is shaping up to be. So I don't have a release date, but <laughs> uh, it's it's mostly it's like halfway done, I guess. Yeah. It's it's kind of in the TBD section of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, okay. I get I mean, to it. You you know, personal hygiene is a very serious thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you can make that song. <laughs> If you can make that song fun, then you can make any serious thing fun. <laughs> Who yeah. am I kidding? I'm messed up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not lying. It's the truth. No, that's dope. Um, so real quick, where can folks find you? At M-C-O-H-M-I on Twitter, on Instagram that I rarely use. Uh, Bandcamp, uh, SoundCloud. I think my SoundCloud is still labeled as MCOMI. I changed. So like years ago, I had like a, a thing where I was like, man, I'm, I'm doing singing. I'm doing production. Let me just like take MC out of my name. But people still call me that sometimes. So I'm like, whatever. Um, and I didn't really feel like uh, changing all my everything like to, to fix it. And so like, I just leave MC everywhere. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, if you look up MCOMI, you'll, you'll find it. But I just go by oh my now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you heard the guy. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Bandcamp, SoundCloud at MCOMI, M-C-O-H-M-I. Uh, thanks for joining me today, by the way. I really appreciate your time for, you know, to, for us to get to know each other and for those who are listening to get to know you. So thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's the obligatory statement right 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 <laughs> all right thanks again everyone for joining don't cast and drive this is your speaker person sometimes be and we'll see you guys later Bye.